Hi, it's Tia Munoz, and welcome back to the Unleash Your Sexy podcast. This week's topic is why men have problems or issues with vulnerability. And we have the amazing Miles Scott here today. And I want to say thank you for coming. What a privilege and honor it is to even have you here. And this is a every woman topic period in the world. And I'm excited to listen. <laughs> like it's, I'm super excited. So um, please, you. please share um, a little bit about yourself. Yeah, plug in your website and let's introduce you to the world. Absolutely, yeah. Thank you for that amazing introduction. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Miles Scott. I'm a coach, writer, and speaker. And my journey started a little bit over a year ago, um, about a year and a half ago. And I went through a suicidal depression after my ex-girlfriend dumped me. And it was one of the most transformative times when I was able to overcome my victim mindset. And there was a lot of lessons learned in that, and I'm so grateful to be here and share those with you. Um, But what I do with people now is I help people get unstuck in their lives if they're feeling, um, if they're feeling, if they're feeling stuck in their lives, I help them overcome that um, and overcome their survival programs and their Mm. limiting beliefs that prevent them from being the person that they want to right. be. So I help them identify and dissolve those barriers. Mm. Ooh, dissolve those barriers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving his big wording. <laughs> I was talking to him earlier, too. Like, he just, he has this great vocabulary. Wait, what was it called? Not a vocabulary. Um, diction. Diction. <gasps> Very big there diction. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure literally yet, you guys, but... <laughs> <laughs> Figurative, what's the, what's the what we call it? Figuratively or not figuratively? Is that correct? No? It's correct if you say it is. Okay. We'll just go with Okay. <laughs> thank you. No, honestly, thank you so much for coming. Uh, we met through Instagram, and I follow you, and your page is absolutely amazing. Can we plug in his Instagram page? Ladies, men, please give him a follow. Is that camera light just not working? It's not tallied? Does it say tally? Okay, because it's not showing me when that light goes on. Yeah. Go on me real quick. Yeah, the light's not on. Okay. Is it, is it says tallied? Oh, okay. Okay. Um, okay, so we plugged in his Instagram. Yes. Everyone, make sure you guys give him a follow. Very powerful, very inspiring. And honestly, I, I'm always teaching women and because a lot of women's limiting belief is there are no more good men in the world, mm. that, you know, everyone's a fuck boy, that, you know, all men are trash. And I say, if you believe it, it's true. I choose to believe in fairy tales. I choose to believe in love. Like, I believe there are incredible men because I've actually experienced incredible men in my life. Not that everyone was. <laughs> right, right, absolutely. But everything is, it's, it's how I choose to look at my experiences today. Yeah. Again, like I'm not a victim, so I just choose to believe that love does exist. And your page is, I fucking love your page. Thank you so, so much. So everyone make sure you guys, please look at my follow. Okay, so we're going to get into this because I'm, I'm dying to hear what he knows and I thought I knew a lot. Okay. Question number one. Numero uno. What is this wide conception that men do not like to talk about their feelings? So we have to dive into what it means when we express ourselves. And so there's a stigma around expressing ourselves and emotions in general as men where it's deemed or interpreted as weakness. Hmm. And so if we think that expressing ourselves is weakness, why in the world would we do that? Right. So there's a lot of things, like, and I work with men too, and I help them overcome the barriers around their own vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Because vulnerability isn't actually a weakness. Right. However, it does stem from the Latin word vulnus, which means wound. Right. 
So vulnerability by definition is exposing your wounds to someone else. And in today's society, men do not want to expose their wounds because it might make them look weak. And how are they going to appear as a high value man if they feel weak? That's good. <laughs> I'm not even a man, but that hit me. <laughs> that really was good. If you could give me just speak into the mic. Let me just. Is the sound okay? He's... Yeah, it's perfect. You're having cool. Oh. Is this better? Oh, does it? Okay. So yeah, um, how can a man feel like a high value man if expressing his emotions, his interpretation of that makes him feel weak? Right. So there has to be a paradigm shift in the way that we're interpreting vulnerability and we have to make it mean strength because it really does take courage in order to admit the things about yourself and dive deep within and be honest about yourself within yourself before then before you can then share that honesty with somebody else right because in in reality that's what vulnerability is it's sharing your honesty oh, i got chills <laughs> Need this jacket? <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> Getting hot. Wow, that's deep. That I I really love that, and because I feel like in this day and age, even as women or you know men, and I'm just speaking on women and actually me, vulnerability for me is still uncomfortable to this day. So it's when I am vulnerable, it's interesting that the response I get back from people, places, events, circumstances, the universe. Yes. They, they all correspond in such a loving way. It's like I'm attracting back what I'm giving. Absolutely. And I feel like when my ego's up or my pride's up or I have to look a certain way, then I attract the same circumstances. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. We recreate the experiences in our lives based on beliefs that we've had from the past. Right, so our entire reality mirrors our internal belief system. Our internal belief system creates the interpretations that we have. Right. Right. In between any situation and any response, right, our emotional response is in, is a is an interpretation. Mm-hmm. So we have to rewire our internal belief system so that we can have a new interpretation of our reality, so that we can experience different emotions. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, vulnerability is, we have to create a new belief system around vulnerability and a new interpretation around it so that we can experience a new emotion when we start expressing ourselves. Mm-hmm. I love. So... What would you say is a main factor why men do not talk about their feelings? This is a history lesson, actually. Okay, let's go. I love history. (laughs) And I love science, but let's go to history. (laughs) History for $5. I'll take history for $500. Is that that Jeopardy? Yes. (laughs) History for $500, Alex. Yeah, go. So... We have to go back in order to understand why men are the way they are. And it actually starts with the tribal days. So we're going to transport all the way back there. Is that caveman days or is tribal a different word? Hunter-gatherer days. I mean, they just didn't shave and they were stinky and rugged. All those, all those things. (laughs) So imagine you and I are in a tribe back in the old days, whenever that was, right? And the men go out to hunt and gather the food and bring it back to the, the tribe where the women are there taking care of the, the community, taking care of the kids, the elders, and you know, all of that, preparing food, etc. So as we go back, the men are going out and hunting. Can you imagine what it would be like if a man was vulnerable out in that space and he was like, oh shit, I'm so afraid. He could get killed. Yeah. He could get his his other men killed. So over, so they they learned these like they have to be very rigid in their emotions and have to right. control them in order to hunt the food. Right, right. And bring it back. That makes sense. Are you familiar with the term epigenetics? 
Duh, who doesn't know that? <laughs> Can someone Google it and message to me? <laughs> Can you get the origin? What's the Hebrew breakdown in Arabic of that word? <laughs> Please enlighten us. Because <laughs> they don't know. I know they don't know, though. Okay, yeah. I'll definitely explain to, to, them, to, to yeah. the other people here. Um, <laughs> Epigenetics is the study of how your, like it's generational trauma passed down, not through the, the active DNA, but through the inactive DNA. Okay, and what, what was that called again? What was it called again? Epigenetics. Epigenetics, okay. I, I, know, I know what you're speaking on. I did, I've never heard the word for that. Epigenetics, okay. So imagine your entire lineage getting super stressed out, and that right. stress gets, there's a, there's a steroidal, um, I think it's a phenotype, I think that's what it's called. Okay. And that gets passed down through generation to generation to generation. Right. And that's called generational trauma. Ah, okay. That I, that, that, that I've heard of. (laughs) Yeah. So if men are experiencing trauma. Yeah. And trauma doesn't have to be some sort of like crazy experience. It could just be like the interpretation that they're assigning something right could cause them trauma and it could be the smallest thing it could mm-hmm. be the biggest thing that could get passed down all those thousands of years to where we are today oh. and so men only had to deal with two emotions in the tribal days which was right. fear and anger oh. so uh. Fear. Drink to that. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers. I know a lot of angry men. (laughs) But you know what? Noelle's never angry, our audio guy. He's going to write all of the girls in the room poetry. Wow. To show his softer side. Yeah, that's vulnerable. That is vulnerable. Right? That's very vulnerable. We do have to, to go a little bit deeper. Because okay. vulnerability has layers. Right. What is your intention behind being vulnerable? Mm. Right? Is it to expose pieces of yourself to create a more intimate connection with somebody? Yeah. Or is it just to expose parts of yourself in order to let somebody understand you better? Are, they those, are there two different distinctions between those? Yes. Levels? One is there's the motive of being vulnerable because you want something from somebody. Okay. There's so much power in vulnerability that it takes a very strong person to wield it properly. If you're using vulnerability, because there are men out there who understand that there's a power to vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And if he wants something from a woman, all he has to do is be vulnerable and share things that right. in order to get her to like him. Oh, okay. So it's all about the intention behind why you're being vulnerable in the first place. Right. Now, question. Now, do you feel that that, that knowledge of that, because I feel like us coming from some kind of coaching or training programs we're taught, not to use our coaching to manipulate people. <laughs> so I kind of felt like, it, like you said, like the second one could be in a manipulative way and the first one could be in an honest way. Now, do you feel like the normal man would even know that that vulnerability can manipulate a woman? It depends on his level of experience with vulnerability. Mm. If he's tested it out and tried it out and understand, okay, this works. Right. Then he could use that as a manipulation tactic in order to reel you in. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we have to be really honest with ourselves first. Right. And understand why we're doing the things that we do. And we have to be intentional about it. And as we start to become observant of our evolution as men and as women, we get to choose how we show up in the world. Mm. I and, love that. Yeah. It, it, we choose it. We, we're adults today, we so we get to choose who we want to be yes. for today. 
this minute, this moment. I love that part. Yeah, every present moment is a choice. Right. Are you going to make the same choice that you always did and get the same results? Right. Or are you going to make a new choice that leads to growth? <gasps> Ooh. Be intentional. Yeah, with your thoughts, mm -hmm. how you treat people, how you wake up in the morning. Like, yeah, intentional. It's very powerful. It is. So next question, which was, is going to bring us back to what you were talking about. Do you think something is rooted in men starting in their childhood about needing to act tough and never being hurt? Yes. Don't cry. Suck it up. You're a boy. Man up. Yeah. Be a man. Yeah. Men don't cry. So in addition to epigenetics, there's socio-cultural and familial conditioning. <laughs> socio again, say it again. So socio-cultural. So, so socio-cultural. Socio-cultural and familial conditioning. Familial conditioning. So ancestral is epigenetics, by the way. So, okay. and you can't be conditioned unless you've actually lived in this in this life. So that's why ancestral conditioning doesn't exist. It's called epigenetics. Mm -hmm. So sociocultural conditioning and familial conditioning is society, culture, and family. Oh, okay. That you should have said it in English. <laughs> I don't know what language I'm speaking right now. Okay. So sociocultural is basically like how in society can you earn maximum love? Mm -hmm. How in culture, in your culture, can you earn maximum love? And in your family, how can you earn maximum love? How can you not feel unworthy? So our entire lives as human beings were hardwired for connection. We want to be accepted and loved. So we actually shapeshift our entire lives to earn that love and to earn that acceptance. But by doing so, we've created programming in ourselves mm -hmm. because we didn't have the capacity at the time in our most vulnerable state to be intentional and make conscious decisions. Would we say that was childhood? Yeah. So in your childhood, starting with family, mm -hmm. How did your family raise you? Right? Right. Did you have a dad who was very hard and he wasn't vulnerable and you had to earn maximum love by achieving something? Because mm -hmm. a lot of men and women do. And so they find their own sense of worth by what they achieve in the world. Mm -hmm. so, so that's familial conditioning. Society, familial. Okay. what messages are we getting from society today? Holy moly, <laughs> cannolis, a bunch. Can you imagine, can, can you actually explain to me like what your interpretation of, not what you specifically think, but what do you think society believes is a high value man? I believe that society believes that a man is... Mm. Hold on, like I have, I could go two different ways. A, I can come from a woman's point of view where they just think all men are dogs. Um, what makes a high value man? Oh, high value man. Okay. Yeah. I, in society, we will say, first of all, I'm always going to say money. Money. Money, mm -hmm. success, mm -hmm. um, status. Uh, the how he treats his family, the security of taking care of his children, his family, or whoever his family provider. provider. Mm -hmm. um, you nailed it. You nailed it. That's it. I mean, like, that's all I can really think of, like at the top of my head. Yeah. You really nailed it. And most men also, like from very early on, are still believing that that's exactly what they need to do in order to be a high value man. So what's happening is that they get these messages from society. Fuck bitches get money. Pussy money weed. Pussy money weed. Yes. Money. <laughs> right. 
Now, by themselves, pussy money weed, they're not, they're not bad. Nothing's bad. Everything is neutral. Exactly. Right? Exactly. But when we try to derive our sense of self-worth from the external, which is money, success, power, whatever it is, then we start creating, not only creating, um, our, our ego is trying to preserve that image. Mm-hmm. And so if we're in a relationship with somebody and they can see right through our, our veil, they can see through our mask, then we're going to be defensive because that's where we're finding our worth. And if you contradict our sense of identity and our worth, who are we? We're nothing. Right. So that's why a lot of people get defensive is because the ego enacts some self-preservation tactics in order to keep that identity of my worthiness. Right. So if you challenge my worthiness, there's, there's nothing I can do, but I'm backed up in a corner and I have to fight. Mm. So the whole thing about vulnerability is you have to be able to take off your mask because we've got so good as men at believing our own bullshit over, the, over time. And if we start believing our own bullshit, then we're going to be lying to not only ourselves, but every partner that we come into contact, contact with. Right. But women are very smart and they're very intuitive <laughs> and they can see through that. And let me actually go back. I want to do another history lesson. Okay, good. good. <laughs> I'm having fun here. Are you guys writing down these big words you saying, please? <laughs> yeah, literally, like. <laughs> Get the highlighter out. Highlight that part of the dictionary. Yeah. So well, let's go back to the, like, industrial area, era. W- men were typically... What would be the industrial area? The industrial revolution and, and forward. Okay. So men were holding the positions. They were holding the jobs. They were coming back. They were the providers. Everything was good and there was no challenge. The women were homemakers. Right. But eventually, women were like, you know what? We want to be out in the, work, in the workforce too. Yeah. That was the whole slogan. And in order to succeed in the workplace, women had to compete with men. Mm. And in order to compete with men, they had to adopt more masculine energy. So are you familiar with masculine and feminine energies? A little bit. 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 A bit. <laughs> Maybe. So let's just talk about both real quick. Masculine energy is all about achievement, progress, purpose, Like, we have to do. We have to provide. That's it. Feminine energy is all about love and connection. They want to feel love and they want to connect. Right? That's it. Like, that's really the the bulk of of that. Right, 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 right. right. Okay, yeah. Right? So it's all about, like, the the reason each energy wants to live for. Mm. So... Women then came from this loving and connection and, and, and that phase, and, and they had to adopt more masculine energy in order to succeed in the workforce. That's so true. So there's a lot of high-powered women in the workforce today, and they are attracting very feminine guys because they're holding too much masculine energy. Right. And I don't say, I don't mean too much. I just mean... <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely it's, guilty of that. It's, it's definitely a very, del- it's a delicate balance of how to, to integrate your masculine and feminine energies within your different areas and sectors of, of life. Mm-hmm. Right? In your workplace, you could be the most masculine woman ever. And, and, and I don't mean masculine in a bad way. I just mean like, you know, get her done. Yeah. Right? A bust. Yeah. Um, but as you come back into your relationship, if you're carrying that masculine energy back in there, there's a chance that you're going to make your counterpart feel a certain way, right? You have to be cognizant and intentional about the energies that you're bringing into your relationships. 
So. So you're saying that for women, you need to, to attract a more masculine male. You yourself, as a woman, cannot have a lot of masculine energy. Is that what you're saying? No. What he's saying, just because I, I personally relate to this, is at work, I can be masculine. I can own multiple companies. And I can be masculine in that energy to make sure that everything gets done correctly the right way. But coming home, if I want my man to be masculine, then I have to learn to be, a f not learn, I get to choose to be a feminine energy, which is, yeah, which is loving, saying, kind, feminine. Is that correct? Yes, everything in your life is a choice. And the moment that you think you don't have a choice is when you start taking on victimhood. Oh, no, we don't do no victim shit in my household. <laughs> mm. And there's, there's no victim blaming here. Like, right. I know that there are, are legitimate victims in life. Of course, of course. But the yeah. only way to get out of that is to take responsibility for what you can. Correct. You're not responsible for what happened to you, mm -hmm. but you're responsible to heal yourself so that you can grow and live the life that you truly desire. How we react to it, we are responsible. I love that. Yes. Yes, high five. High five. Hand hug. Oh, hand hug. <gasps> I've never done a hand hug. Can you guys see this? Ah, I'm loving this. I got a hand hug. Yes. Don't cry. <laughs> You're about to get vulnerable with us. I'm feeling vulnerable. Yes. Okay. You guys can leave now. It's cool. You got the hand hug. That's all you need. Um, I feel like there was way more to that topic that I wanted to discuss. Can you ask the question, oh, question again? again? Okay. Do you think something is rooted in men starting in their childhood about needing to always act tough and never hurt? And never hurt. Um, do we? Do we think? I mean, my interpretation is. Angry men are the ones who are hurt the most. Yes, under anger. Because anger is an emotion that is on the surface. That's the epidermal layer. Mm -hmm. Underneath the anger is always pain. So for people who don't know what epidural, <laughs> the epidermal layer means, it means the mask they wear. <laughs> I'm going to help interpret his... It's beautiful. I, I love his dictation. I'm like in love with this. Like I just want to hang out with you all day long and learn Let's these go. words. <laughs> but I think to most people, like like that, like to middle Americans, the mask that they wear, right? Yeah. So the outside, like yeah, is epidermal is a surface layer. Yes. Like underneath the surface. Epidermal layer. And and this is such a. <laughs> this is such a very interesting topic too, because anger, especially for men, there's. There's two ways that we can deal with our emotions. One, we can, there's two ways that we can deal with anger. Mm -hmm. We can be outwardly angry. And I can be in a relationship with you and I can say, I can't believe you did this, blah, blah, blah. You did that, blah, blah, right? That's outward anger. Or. And then I throw my chunk left from across the room and hit yes, my head with it. Yeah. You can, Don't ever speak to me like that again. <laughs> Right, so you're you're an alpha female. Like yeah. you will not yeah. take that, right? Oh, so here's hell a no. so if you're with a man who has a very um, outwardly angered expression, that's not going to fly with you. Which is why you're attracting more beta males because you know that it makes you feel more comfortable, more safe, and more significant. There's another way that men express their anger, and that's they don't express it at all, and it just festers within them. That drives me nuts. And they don't express themselves. I'd rather you yell at me than hold it in. Yeah, most women do. Personally, like silence. I tell people like silence is the ultimate yeah. um, revenge or pain. So you rather them yell at you than to just be quiet all day? Oh my gosh, silence. Si and, and coming just even from like life coaching they have learned is Silence means you're just insignificant, that you mean absolutely nothing to this person. For someone to completely silence and never speak to you again, yeah. as opposed to somebody being like, well, 
you know what? Screw you, and da da da, and I'm gonna fight with you, and da da da, and I'm gonna right. fight you. What are you at? What are you doing? That shows there's still involvement. Yeah. In- involvement. Yeah, because you can actually like understand somebody who's really angry. Right. Yeah. Oh, and I love it. Like people yell at me. I'm like, oh, your feelings are hurt. Right. You know, I get it. And my your feelings are hurt. And I, I everybody know that. So I'm like, okay, keep going. Like, because I want to hear what you're hurt about. Right. So when men are like, like, I'm like, oh, you're angry. Oh, finally. Like, come on, let's go. Let's go. Come on, bring it out. Bring it out. Bring it out. <laughs> because most, I feel like a lot of masculine men, the ones yeah. I have dated, won't go into, oh my God, my feelings were hurt when you did this or this happened. But when the uh, argument comes, it's kind of like, okay, and what? And what more? And what more? What else pissed you off? Come on, like, keep going. Um, and men don't understand that I'm, I'm trying to find out what was the trigger. What, what, were you, what are you really hurt about? Most women are like that. So I'm like, let's go. Like, come on. Because I'm waiting to hear the actual reason that I didn't put cream in your coffee this morning starting a huge fight. <laughs> that's never the real issue. No, of course. So right. that's why I'm like digging deeper. Like, what else are you mad about? What else? Well, come right. on. Bring it out. Bring it out. Bring it out. And same ways with women, too. You know, same thing. Like, women who are like that. Like, well, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to bother. Yeah. So I also want to say that, like, tolerating that kind of anger that expression is also, that expression itself is emotional abuse. Mm. And so you as a woman or you as a man who's experiencing that from a woman do not have to tolerate that. And what that means is you have to set boundaries. And boundaries protect everything that you love about yourself. Because if you don't protect yourself, you can't even give yourself to another person. So if someone's coming at you with all that anger, you have to set boundaries. And the difference between, and this is also very interesting about um, why we are vulnerable in the first place, it's what is our intention? Like our boundaries basically create a safe space for us to be completely ourselves. And that in itself takes vulnerability. To actually set a boundary means I have to protect something, which means you have to be actually self-vulnerable. And that's the hard part that most people don't get, is that you have to be self-vulnerable before you can be vulnerable with somebody else. So me setting a boundary with somebody, because I've... had this issue where I have a very strict, very strict rule with men. A, don't ever call me out of my name. Don't put me down. Don't make fun of me. Now I get if it's me and him alone in the bedroom and I trip or fall and it's something kind of funny. Sure. But I have a feel, but there's a certain thing about in public, like why would you ever make fun of me in front of other people? Why would you ever put me down? Why would you call me a name? Oh, she's stupid. Oh, she's irritating. Oh, she always does that. To me, they're insults. So I have a very strict thing with, uh, with boundaries. Don't talk to me like that. Don't talk about me in front of other people like that. I just mm-hmm. have a certain respect. So, so that's a vulnerability. So Is that what you were just saying? Yes and no. Okay. Okay, so what I want to say about boundaries is that Boundaries are not saying to somebody what you can't do. Boundaries are saying what you need. So instead of saying, don't insult me, or don't, no. Don't speak to me in that tone. Right. It's in order to be happy in this relationship and give to you what I really want to give you, I need to be talked to like I'm cared for. Ooh, that was good. Well, no, that, that, that's what I said. Women, like, this is everything every yeah. woman wants to hear. So if you are giving boundaries to somebody, and boundaries are, are the most amazing thing that you can do in any interaction, any relational interaction that you possibly have in your entire life. Because boundaries protect what you love about yourself. Mm -hmm. And if you can't 
protect what you love about yourself, you're going to enter into a relationship and you're going to mold yourself into that and lose yourself. Ah, uh, yes. You're going to lose everything you love about yourself. So Completely. you need, 100% need to have boundaries. If you need space, and you don't say, I don't need you to text me every day. You say, I need, in order to give you what I like, really want to give you in this relationship, I need to have some nights to myself. Mm. Or whatever it is, right? So we have to frame things in ways of I feel rather than you can't because that's controlling. Hmm. And so now you're giving them a choice because you can set boundaries and not even set yourself up for failure by expecting them to meet them. A lot of people set boundaries in relationships and get themselves hurt because they're expecting their partner to meet those boundaries. Right. And so I think that's a whole other conversation. I know we're talking about <laughs> vulnerability here, but I'm down to talk about literally anything. No, but. I mean, wherever spirit guides is where we're going to go. But I, would, I have questions on that. Yeah, please. So, and obviously these are personal questions. Um, is... So setting boundaries, I mean, it, that's a whole fucking other show, but I just want to tap into it for really quick because sure. I feel a lot of my women followers and in the obviously main followers are men is I didn't even know what a boundary was uh. until I was like 26 years old. Same. <laughs> right? So... So how can we support uh, a man or a woman who's in a relationship and doesn't know that they've set no boundaries and they're, be tr they're, they're being treated in ways that their soul and spirit is very uncomfortable with? Like, how, how do we support them of setting boundaries out of nowhere when they don't, they don't even know what a boundary probably is. Oof. But I feel like this conversation right now just hit home for me because in my early 20s, I was in a relationship married to somebody where, and my whole, will stem back to childhood. My father's, there was, there was, I set boundaries when I was five and, you know, no one else in my family ever validated my boundaries. So after that, I never set them again. Mm. And then I went into high school. I got married to somebody who just treated me any way they did. And even though I, I once in a while would speak up about boundaries, they were never respected. So it was kind of like, I guess this is how it's supposed to be. I just do, like you said, I just mold into what you tell me to do and your lifestyle. Like it's not even about like, who am I? Right. I'm, I'm what you made me to be. So there's a lot of women today, or men, in relationships right now. And, and I'm going to say it's probably people you know, who are young. Because after a few bad relationships, you're like, what the fuck? Like, I'm going to speak up after this shit. <laughs> you know? But you how think. do we support them right now to, to know that they have no boundaries? Because what hit me the most when you said that was um, when you're just lost in this person and you do everything they say. Like that's, there's no boundaries. So how do we support those people to set a boundary and to speak up? So one of the things that I, I tell people is that we crave love so much just, that, just so that we don't feel the absence of the love that we're not giving ourselves. I'll say that again. Go ahead. Everybody. I'm going to say that again. Clap. <laughs> and the crowd goes wild. <sighs> we crave love just so that we don't have to feel the love that, or the absence of the love that we're not giving ourselves. Ooh. Right. So, so we, can we say then somebody with self-love and self-worth wouldn't need to have somebody else telling them how to act. Once you get in, in empowered in your own being and what you really love about yourself, you're not going to compromise or sacrifice that for anybody. 
Drink to no that. <laughs> this drink to that. Cheers. That was beautiful. I love that. Can we make like t-shirts with that coat on it? Like, like, I love my motherfucking self and you, <laughs> right? Like that, what's that look at the products? <laughs> I got you. <laughs> Stick around for a while. <laughs> so. Five minutes. Five minutes? Okay. Wow. Okay. We're going to have to do another one. Yeah, we, we could keep going. Yeah, okay. How do men use Maybe we stop it and then start it again. <laughs> what was the question you just asked me? Because I had so much more to say about that. Oh, okay. You, let's just go where Spur is guiding us. These are just guidelines. We don't have to stay here. Okay. Okay, so my question was because I have, I was that girl who lost himself in a man in my first marriage. And every time he even tried to set a boundary, it was a joke to him, mm -hmm. right? And not until, you know, late 20s, the older I got, I just got tired of everything. And I finally stood up for once and said no. And he never understood that. He was just like, you've done every single thing I've told you since the minute we met and all of a sudden, now you want to speak up. Mm -hmm. And I was like, and here's the divorce papers. Mm. It, it was just so simple, but it took, it was like a 12-year relationship. So, so what I want to do is how can we support these people to recognize that they're in these codependent relationships or being dominated by their partner, losing themselves, losing their dreams, losing their identity. And I find that every single one of these people or myself are all in some kind of depression because you're literally somebody's marionette puppet dress like this act like this talk like this do this when I say to do it oh no just change her clothes I don't like the outfit for the day so how can we support someone to even because honestly I didn't know that so how can we support somebody who's right now in that recognizing that they're not having boundaries and how can we support them to set these boundaries? That is such a great question, and that's not an easy answer. Okay. Speak to them, because they're <laughs> out there right there. Got you. So how do we support people who need to set boundaries in their life? And it's, it's really not a very like, cut and dry answer, because you have to understand why you got into that relationship in the first place. And like I said before, we crave the love so desperately because we don't want to feel the absence of the love that we're not giving ourselves. Because we don't want to feel that, because we're not okay being alone, we seek out the validation of somebody else to make us feel worthy. So I would say the first thing is to understand, and I know this is kind of cliche, but you are worthy of love simply because you exist and for no other reason than that. And if, you're, if you've created a partnership with somebody else based around what you can provide them in order to feel worthy and not simply because you're worthy because of just who you are and simply because you're existing, then you're in a relationship with somebody because you can offer something. And I know there's a lot of women out there and a lot of men out there who are choosing relationships because they find their sense of self-worth in what the relationship can offer and what this person can make them feel. Now you, you have to realize that nobody can actually make you feel anything, which is a very powerful shift from and I know this, this word sucks, and I don't like to use it, but it's victim mindset all the way to creator mindset. Now, the victim mindset believes that they don't have any power or control over anything that happens in their lives. And that's also true for people who think that they're, the only way that they can provide or feel worthy is if they prov 
provide something to somebody else. And that's leaving their sense of self-worth to some external source. And the moment that you take your power back and stop giving your power to other people and, and deriving your sense of self-worth from within and realizing that you're also the problem and the solution. Your problems... Ooh, hold on, real quick. Remember, you are... How much for one-on-one You are the problem... And the solution. solution. I wish we had a little boomerang effect right there. Problem, solution. Problem, solution. And I'm going to speak on this moment because I feel like as women, like, um, which are going to be watching, is we have choices. Everything's a choice in life. Yes. We can be the problem, right? Or we could be the solution. Yes. And in life, we're in 2020. We're in the here. 20s. We're, we're in the 20s, y'all. <laughs> we're, here, we're here to be powerful. We're here to impact the world. We're here to be inspirational. And we're here to take a stand as a powerful, beautiful woman and the beautiful man, mother, father that we are. So today, I invite every one of you who's watching this, be the solution. And it's a choice. Because everyone inside... There's something within you that knows when you're in a relationship or where it could be work, family, friends with somebody who you cannot set boundaries with. Yes. So you today have an opportunity to stand in your greatness and to inspire your children, your family, your coworkers, people on your social media the minute you choose to be great. <laughs> so there's 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 a lot to say about boundaries too. Um, if you're in a relationship for a long period of time and you're just now setting boundaries, that's like an issue for a lot of people. It's like, what happens if I do set boundaries now, after I've been in this relationship with somebody for so long? Right? Do I set the boundaries beforehand, before the relationship, or do I set them afterwards, or like during? Boundaries can be set anytime, anytime. And in order to set a boundary, you have to stop fearing the outcome. Oh, yes. You have to prioritize yourself enough right. that no matter what their reaction is, because you can't control that. Correct. You have to be okay with what happens after you protect yourself. yourself. Oh, I love this. And I love this, I mean, I, I'm taking this personally because I grew up never having boundaries yeah. and 20s, I didn't have any boundaries. 30s, I learned the word no for my first time. Oh, wow. I never in my life had told anyone no. I wanted to heal the world, I wanted to fix everybody, I wanted to help everybody. I wanted to people please everybody and everything. And now I'm like, I say no a lot. Good. Like, that's my favorite word. I'm like, nope, sorry, nope, sorry, no, nope, and you're blocked. Nope, sorry, nope, sorry, and you're blocked. Nope, nope, nope. But it's, mm -hmm. it's almost like, um, like, it, like an extremist. Like, I went from never saying it. Now I'm like, no, 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 no. What like shifted? A, like a little, like a child learning no. Yeah. Right? Like a little two-year-old learns to say no because you hit their hand. And you're like, oh, you told them no. They're like, no, back to you. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of, well, what shifted for me was, is I got to see that every time I never said no, I got hurt. You abandoned yourself. Correct. Yeah. And I realized my self-worth and my friendship, my love. Everything about me is so precious. Everyone to this day has limited access. And not because... And, and they, you know, th that was a beef. My old belief was, oh, well, you're just a bitch. Or if you say no, you're this, or you're that, or you're selfish. 
I learned that selfish for me is self-love. For somebody that's never set boundaries, being selfish is self-love. I fucking love myself. I love my energy. And when my energy is high, my, everyone around me is like radiating. And when my energy is low, whatever those triggers are or whatever relationship at that moment is causing it, I have a choice to stay in it or to pull away. So I, I'm, I'm listening to this because yeah. I, I completely relate because I was a yes, 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 walk all over me, do whatever you want. And it's interesting that now that I say no a lot, people don't like it. <laughs> the people who... The people who don't like it are the very same people who benefited the most from it. Yeah. They owe me a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's go back to... Um... Okay. Oh, you want me to get vulnerable, okay. <laughs> okay, so my question. I think it's going to be a few questions. So question number one. When is the first time you made a decision and chose to be vulnerable? This wasn't on the list you sent me. <laughs> I told you, spirit, sending us somewhere else. <laughs> when was the first time? Ooh. This is gonna this is gonna require a little bit of backstory. Okay. My last relationship. And, and mind you guys, I haven't been on this journey like very long. I'm not like, I'm not a guru. You know, I'm just some guy who's been through a lot of shit. As the rest of us. Yeah. And th that, that's that's the, tr the transparency in this is we're all on that journey. So for you just to even share your journey, some people want to be the beginning of the journey, the end of the journey, or in the middle of the journey. And the fact that somebody even speaks about they're on that journey, People are listening. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're all on the fucking journey no matter where we are. Even if you're, like, if, even if you are a guru, you're still on the journey because no matter yeah. what, there's still more enlightening to do. There's never, there's never an I am awakened or I am enlightened. Right. That just means you've already arrived at your destination. So what more is there? Right. It's always I am awakening or I am enlightening. Ooh. I am becoming. I am remembering. Becoming. We can go down that spiritual no, rabbit hole all we want. Say that word too. <laughs> <laughs> but really what it is, is, is I've, I've been through some shit and I finally, instead of letting my ego take control of the situation and just be defensive and deflect anything that didn't reinforce the identity that I wanted myself to have, right. I let my identity die. And I chose commitment to my truth before my ego. Question, what does that look like? <laughs> Answer, that looks like reflection. That looks like, okay, why do I have resistance to this thing? Why do I have resistance towards expressing myself? Why do I have resistance towards making my relationship better? Why do I have resistance towards communicating that which I think is good and instead I'm going to go over here in this corner away from my partner mm -hmm. or away from my parents or away from my job or whatever it is. What is this resistance? Why is it, where is this coming from? And when you can identify the source of this resistance and you can understand why you do what you do and usually if you go back farther enough it stems back to your survival programs. Mm. These survival programs, as you're like a kid in your most vulnerable state, you realize that you acted in certain ways to protect yourselves when you didn't feel safe or significant. Mm. So if your parents are fighting, you might fight back and you say like, I need, I need you guys to pay attention to me. That's how you earned maximum love. That's how you felt safe. That's how you felt significant. So then you developed a program. If you did that often enough, then that's your response to anything that like, really triggers you. Is you fight back and you say, like, hey, I need you to do this. Mm -hmm. 
right? Other people, and a lot of men, because they don't have a very healthy uh, outlet for their expression of anger, they keep it inside. And that's so harmful. And that's also preventing us from being vulnerable. So... Was there a moment in your childhood or later on or earlier on in your life that triggered you to put those walls up? Yes. To not ever be hurt. Yeah, thank you so much for bringing us back to the question because I know I can get on a tangent. But uh, the moment happened when my ex broke up with me and I was carrying around these labels that she called me like a narcissist, uh, obsessive compulsive liar, uh, a manipulator, and very controlling. Was there any truth though to these, honestly? Well, actually, yes. Okay. So during the relationship, I didn't want to believe any of that because I wanted her to think of me as the good man that I thought I was. So I was like, no, fuck that. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a good guy. And my intentions were good, but my impact was crap. Ooh, impact, okay. And as you can align your impact with your intentions, that's when you know that you're doing some good. You can have all the good intentions in the world, but if your impact is not aligned with that, then you're off course. Right. So in this relationship, she ended up breaking up with me. And for good reason, of course. I like that. He admitted that for a good reason. Yeah. I was not the man that I am today in that relationship. Right. I didn't have the self-awareness or emotional intelligence to be able to not only show her the empathy that she deserved, but to really understand. What was your reaction at the moment since you were... Oh, always defensive. Evolved at the moment. What was your reaction to that? Was it narcissist? My reactions were always defensive. Like, right. how could you feel that way? Because I didn't intend to, to do that. Yeah. And she's like, well, how can you not understand my feelings and, and my interpretation of what happened? And I was too caught up in, like, my own intention that I didn't understand the impact. And I didn't acknowledge the impact. Mm. So she never felt seen or heard or understood or loved. Definitely narcissist survivor. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Um, what are some first steps that a man can take to be more vulnerable? But before that, I'm going to ask you, so in that situation, how did you learn to become more vulnerable? Oof. And what advice would you give to men to become this vulnerable, who you are today? Yeah, that's a great choice. question. Because remember we said everyone has a choice who they choose to be today. Yeah. So you can either choose to, to carry on your generational trauma and not be vulnerable and just keep yourself like so locked up that you're not letting a woman in and not experiencing intimacy and feelings in your life, or you can start learning to tell yourself the truth. And that's really what it's all about. In order to be vulnerable, vulnerability is just honesty, and honesty is love. So you have to take down your mask. You have to be able to see through your own bullshit. And you have to tell yourself the truth. And what you find there in the truth, you have to learn to accept you have to integrate that because nothing is bad. It just it's neutral. The interpretations that we assign things are bad or good. The story. So you have to be so real real practical tips on how to be vulnerable is journal. The thing that got me the most vulnerable in my life was putting that stuff on paper. Because as soon as I put pen to paper Literal pen, not, not typing. Yeah. Because it took time to write it out. And every stroke of the pen was like, okay, not, this thought isn't just like going through my head and out the, the, the other side real quick. It's staying in there. It is. 
And now I have a chance to process things. And um, I've, I've been through um, like a 12-step program for drug guru or a spiritual advisor, you know, a 12-step program or a therapist. They always say that pen to paper will reveal more than you just going and dictating it or yes. typing it. So I love the fact that you said that you got a journal. Yeah. And it's huge because I feel a lot of people don't even journal nowadays. Yeah. What you're doing in, in, in more coaching terms is you're bringing your subconscious forward into the conscious mind. Mm -hmm. You're allowing yourself to access the subconscious. As soon as you start writing and you start processing, you access more memories that right. you didn't even think about ever because you've repressed not only the memories, but the emotions associated with them. So, so that, real quick, just to explain. Yeah. So subconscious and conscious. Subconsciousness is when there's a photo, right, of a big iceberg, and it's in the water. And the tip of the iceberg is at the top. But if you look under the water, you got your GoPro. <laughs> you know, you <laughs> the, the iceberg goes down like miles and miles and miles. That is called your subconsciousness. And a lot of pe people, me, people in general, is where you hold all of your memories, your trauma, your beliefs, the stories you've told yourself since childhood, generational trauma, trauma are all beneath there. Yep. So I, I, I want to give like a, a kind of a picture of what subconscious, unconscious, because honestly, for, for the longest time, I could not understand it. So uh. like he's saying is when you get a pen to paper, all that stuff that's hidden deep inside you that you don't even know is in there. When you get a pen and paper and journal, you'll start writing things and being like, oh shit. Like, right. you'll be like writing a whole story and thinking like, I didn't even know I was gonna, like any of this <laughs> yeah. made sense. So I just wanna say that for middle Americans because subconscious and unconscious will take me a really long time to understand. So yeah. I just well, wanted to make it easy. Let's <laughs> give everybody credit. Like, yeah. you know, subconscious is, your mind takes video of everything that you've ever done in your life. And if you can't remember it, it's because you've repressed it. Ooh, repressed it. Not only are you repressing the memories, but you're repressing the emotions associated with them. And that's mostly the reason why you repress them in the first place. Because you don't want to experience the same emotions. No, no. <laughs> and that's why you're not vulnerable, because you don't no, want to no. <laughs> feel that pain again. It's all about a relationship to pain. We think that vulnerability means pain because of what we experienced in the past. So why would we ever want to feel that pain again? <laughs> My skin just crawled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I know vulnerability is not my strongest point. So... <laughs> So there's moments when I, when the minute I feel my skin crawling, or there's like an, like a, like I'm choking, or my stomach is just knotting up, and I'm supposed to speak up and be vulnerable, it's the, like there's a fight between like, you're fine, you're fine, you're because yeah. the what's the 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 programming from traumatic experiences, yeah. I knew how to trans. I, transcend. You, I knew how to leave my body and not be present. Yeah, that's what you had to do in order to feel safe. And so now when I'm scared, you leave I your body come again. back into my body and feel things, I'm always like, <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> it takes practice. Right. You can't. Okay, so, what's, what, so we got to finish up and close. I just want to say thank you so much. I mean, I, I think this, this, I mean, I'm sure it's, this was meant for everybody but yeah <laughs> okay. but tonight honestly like this is this is an area right now that i'm personally working on in my own life so you said so many powerful tips and i don't say tips you, you said a lot of powerful things that i get to make a choice to be vulnerable or not vulnerable so thank you because i know there's probably so many other women out there that have my story, and then we have you sharing your story, being vulnerable, and teaching us. And maybe there's men out there that are having some problem with the word, but they're women not knowing that they're not being vulnerable. So thank you for taking a stand 
for world transformation. Absolutely. And for sharing your story. It's an honor. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been a yes. pleasure. So uh, let's plug in your website and your social media info. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor and a pleasure. Um, if anybody wants to follow me, if you found value here, you can follow me on Instagram at the Miles Scott, and that's T H E M Y L E S. So that's Miles with a Y, S C O T T. Double S, double S. Double S. <laughs> the Miles Scott, Miles with a Y, and then you can go to milescott.com if you want to check out what's going on. I've got a group program that will help you rewire your subconscious to make you more aware of how you show up in different situations in your life. And with that, you can implement the new tools that I give you in order to repeatedly implement them in order to rewire your subconscious and experience no resistance. You can fully trust your subconscious. And resistance is the root of all suffering. And if you don't have resistance, you have freedom and inner peace, which is what we're all looking for. Namaste. 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 <laughs>